welcome to episode 16 of the Reimagining Work podcast. And um, you're here with Rohir Nort and John Wenger. And uh, we have entitled this, this podcast as Reimagining Managing. Say that three times fast. Yeah, try that. Reimagining Managing. Reimagining Managing. Reimagining Managing. Wow, that went well. Now try writing it down. Now, yeah, typing it quickly and yeah. then saying it after a pint of beer. <laughs> it occurred. Yeah. It occurred to us some weeks ago that um, a number of our conversations, the the roads sort of lead us to the door of managers, and that it might be a useful topic, an in- interesting topic. So, it is something that we get we were, get um, stuck on on a regular basis. That we talk about change yeah. and and reimagining stuff and what it takes to get there and all those kind of things. And then invariably you hit middle management. <laughs> I mean, yeah. obviously uh, top management has to be involved for a change like this. And, um, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's an all around change, but sooner or later you're going to hit a level uh, within the company with which you have to deal. And usually these are, uh, middle management and uh, we don't want to fire them all not all of them <laughs> some of them no and I think sometimes <laughs> I think sometimes it may have seemed like that in that we might be inferring that they were a barrier to change or a block to workplaces becoming more human or something like that and also I became aware that um, these are people that come to work also with uh, a sense of wanting to do well and be successful and um, you know they're in the middle it's the clues in the title middle managers which means that they're often caught between what senior management dictates yeah and also and and then there's what um, people who are doing the work if you like um, are pressuring them to, to 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 do in order to help them to do their work better or provide resources and they can feel a little bit like they're caught in the middle between a rock and a hard place. Yeah. And these are people, and I, you know, I, I, I kind of think to um, Douglas McGregor's theory X, theory Y, and these are people who are, if, if you go along with his theory Y, that they also want to do well at work. They want to be successful. They want to feel a sense of achievement. Um, if you think about Dan Pink's, you know, people want meaning, mastery and autonomy at work. These are also people who want meaningful work. They want to master something and do well. They want a sense well, of Well, at least you have to assume that, right? I mean, you, you can't assume uh, based on previous experience that all managers are, um, are their only purpose in life is to make your life as miserable as possible. I mean... That's right. I mean, usually, a lot of the, in my experience anyway, a lot of the, the, the things that, that caused conflict with my the managers that I've had were um, limitations that were put on them from higher up, right? So usually it's about money yeah. uh, or a raise or, or some flexibility or something that they simply cannot offer you because their hands are, yeah. are tied by, by one or two levels up. And so, but the yeah. conflict that you're going to have is with your manager. And it's not always because they're incompetent or anything. It's just sometimes they simply cannot uh, help you or, or do what it is that you want them to do. And 
you know, it's up to them to communicate that in a way where you don't get too frustrated <laughs> about their bosses, <laughs> you know, which is kind of a a uh, um, a catch twenty two for them because mm. they have to keep you happy enough to, that you your do your job, but they have to keep their managers happy enough so they that, that they don't get burned. So yeah, it's kind of a it's it's a tough situation to be in, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, uh, yeah, because I was thinking that with with without much deeper thought that that you've just sort of um, talked about there, it's easy to kind of say, oh, look, a lot of what managers do is um, conspires to get in the way of people doing good work, and it may look like that. And I think also what you've also said is that you've kind of hinted that there's a, there are wider pressures at play that a manager, for example, who has to refuse a pay rise, um, it's not just about they, their decision, but there's a wider system at work on them that they are also stuck in and they have to go by the same rules. Having said that, you know, I think I was thinking just now about the conversation we had with Anne-Marie where the theme was, you know, people take control of yourself, take control of your learning, take control of your work, which I'm all for. Similarly, managers, despite them being trapped by certain systemic things like you've only got this much budget and these are the ways, this is the way we do things and you need to get your people to do this. I think there are things that within the role of a manager, if they reimagine their role, their job description, I guess, if you like, and make it more, um, uh, more 21st century within constraints, of course, mm. that they yeah. are bound by. And, and like one of the things that I suggested just before we, we started the podcast is that there might be a, a twofold picture or two two layers of a picture that we paint if we're reimagining managers. One is one is about what managers begin to do and stop doing in the workplace. So it's about the I guess that what we might typically think of their job description. And then the other layer would be who they are as people, like how they are and how they behave and how they relate to others on a human level. And that twofold thing might be a useful template, I suppose, where to, we can paint a picture if we're reimagining what managers do. Um, and, and to kind of counter that thing of a lot of what managers do is about getting in the way of good work. Well, what are some of the things maybe that they might stop doing? And then what are some of the things they might start doing instead? That means that they they are kind of allowing people to um, to do their work well. You know, one of the things I, that echoes in my head is something a CEO once said is, you know, to his senior team, Look, I've hired you all because you're really good at what you do and you do all the things you do far better than I could. I'm trying to get out of your way. So what are the things that, that a manager might do that gets out of the way that, you know, if you've hired good people, competent people, uh, people who want to do well and be successful, people who want to have good team relationships or whatever, what things might a manager stop doing? That yeah. might be a good place, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was, I mean, I, I'm listening with one ear and thinking with, mm. well, I don't, think, the other I don't think with my other ear, but <laughs> I was just thinking, obviously, I mean, the last manager that you mentioned, who said, mm. like, I hired you because of your skills and you can mm. do it far better than I can. Um, we have to accept the fact that most men, or not most men, and I don't have exact uh, 
statistics on this, but we have to assume that a lot of managers um, are not functioning well in the role that they have and simply because they're not competent enough to do that. And so the, the managers that we are talking about now are the ones that are competent and that are capable of this uh, adaptation, right? Uh, I mean, those who are incompetent or those who are um, <coughs> unwilling uh, would be... And this doesn't just go for managers, right? This is for everybody within a company when you want to... Uh, get a certain change in through a company those who are uh, actively resisting or um, um. okay all right so one one idea that comes to mind as you speak then is i i'm thinking in terms of re casting the role of manager and one of right. the things i suppose when you say about competence there's probably the there's a meme or a or a or a, um, a convention about what it means to be a manager with relation to people failing. So this is just one area. Mm -hmm. So one thing, and I think I think it's learnable for someone to recast themselves rather than as the manager of people in their work, but as a steward, an, a, a steward of the work. That their job mm -hmm. is to steward and to and to um, encourage good work. So mm -hmm. if a manager sees their role more as a, as a coach, if somebody makes a mistake, so how, how can you recast yourself in the role of a coach and be that one that helps people draw out what they learned from a mistake rather than the one who, in, the, in an old view, is the one who disciplines yeah, exactly. or, or, gives you, or gives you a black mark or um, in their head they've kind of said, oh, well, you're not going to get the promotion. They relate to you in a different way as you're not so competent. So I think that's one of it. That's one mm -hmm. of these things of... Approaching approaching the role as the disciplinarian seems to me incompetent and inadequate. But if you approach a mistake as a coach, as a as a learning facilitator, and as a steward of the work, because you wish you wish the people well, and you wish the work to go well, and it may seem like a subtle change in mindset, but I Ooh. think it's a, a significant one. It's quite, very significant. Quite significant. Yeah. Yeah, and think of the ripple. Like think of the ripple effects if managers stopped. Having well, that's that, that's 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 where you want to end up, right? I mean, it's 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 one thing if you can have somebody down the line or at the bottom of the line to be a little bit more efficient in what it is that they do, but yeah. their effect on um, on the whole is limited by their department or mm -hmm. their direct colleague or the one who's sitting across the desk. That's about the limit of their influence. If you talk mm. about managers, uh, in general, um, they can influence people, even when you're talking about middle management or lower middle management, talk about 10 to 40 people mm. uh, at, at, one, at, at the time, which they can influence. So there, there's a lot of value um, in reaching that, that layer of, of, uh, of management. Absolutely. And Absolutely. obviously, I think it, it, it goes that, uh, I mean, that part of leadership, what you're talking about, I mean, yeah. you have to, you know, slowly climb up the stairs and, and get them to um, adapt to these changes.
too. Mm. So um, the question, obviously, is how do we do that? How do we get um, a manager which is uh, whom is uh, you know sufficient or but managing in an old school fashion um, and without actually uh, firing him and 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 hiring a new manager based on all the new um, rules or the new way of working the reimagined way of working that we have within our company we should come yeah. up with a, a theoretical company that we can use that would be more helpful i think set up our own company and then set up our own company yeah and then use that as a as, as a continuous metaphor for uh, a fictitious, fic, fic, fictitious uh, but that's something else so <laughs> <laughs> no it's just a, a thought um so how do I mean, we, I, when you, how say, do when you change the how, that? I, one of the things I keep coming to when you ask the how question is frequently is um, changing the way that people think about themselves. Like I think there's a self-awareness journey. And if you look at all the literature around good leaders and certainly they've gone through a journey of self-development and self-awareness. I, I think that can't be underestimated that I think people have got to become conscious of what it is that they do and don't do conscious of the ripple effects that their actions and non-actions have on those around them what does it what you know what do, what gets created on their watch i suppose and then therefore if i if i'm making an effect on people and the effect is not the one i desire what is it about me that i can change instead so I think of there's a bit, changing there's a the other of, person yeah absolutely and i think which is which would be our default uh, default sure. reaction right I mean, I sure. don't want you to do that. I want you to do this. I don't want you to do it that way, but I want you to do it this way. Or, so, you know. so there's some modeling, exactly. So rather mm. than, say, rather than sp saying, I want you to do this, I want you to trust each other. Well, the modeling comes first, I think. So mm. somebody who realizes that they are enacting trust, if they actually genuinely trust people, that can't be faked. You know, empathy, if they actually care about other people and are concerned <laughs> about them, it can't yeah. be faked. No. So I think it's about changing how people think about what they do and then beginning to make some changes in what they do because they're not getting the results that they want. So changing thinking, I think, is a big how. Mm. Well, that's, that, that goes to the, to the same thing where you have a, uh, quite a, a general approach of... Um, transforming a a business to a social business yeah where you have the uh, uh, that where you cre want to create that that trusting environment yeah uh, that uh, and and that involvement um, that you start with the, with the, the c-suite um, exuding mm -hmm. that trust and that involvement and mm -hmm. uh, if 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 I don't show you that I trust you, then you will never trust me. That's right. Yeah. Right. And I can tell you trust me all the time, but if I don't show that, I mean, yeah. politicians are are a perfect example. They tell they they tell you continuously that you need to trust them, and they betray that trust continuously. Well. <laughs> While doing untrustworthy things, yeah, right. I mean, so they're a prime example of how not to. <laughs> how 
So uh, I think that's a good. I think that's a really good one. Like one of the elements that I'm just thinking in there is there's there's got to be an awareness of mutuality, mm-hmm. and the lack thereof. Because by the mere fact that someone's a manager, there is a power indifference. True. So if a manager, I think, needs to be aware of that and not use it against people, but be aware of it as part of the dynamic. So if I want trust, for, if I'm your manager and I want you to trust me, I have to trust you first. Not only that, I have to behave in those ways. If I want to have open conversations about what we're doing well in the workplace, I have to be open with you and demonstrate that I'm not going to attack you or discipline you for admitting a mistake. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and so the manager, there's a lot of self-awareness knowing that, okay, there is a power imbalance. Whether I agree with it or not, there is a power imbalance. I'm the one that has the power to promote you or give you pay rise or offer you more you know, opportunities for challenging work. I have to know that and not abuse that sort of thing. So there's a cartoon I, went, I once read. There's a guy going, I want greater self-awareness, but can I continue to be unaware of my bad qualities? But you have to be open to what you're doing well and also the areas where you might be having a negative impact on people. I think a part of it is that the the classic um, manager-employee roles that we play is where the manager controls the employee. And, um, and, and I have power over you you must do what I tell you to, and all those kind of things. But in fact, the idea of management, uh, if, if we, we pull it more towards leadership, is, um, you know, uh, John, my employee, I got your back. You are working in a safe environment because I'm not the one who's going to uh, tackle you any chance that I get and um, if there's something happening uh, above my level if they come down hard uh, on you for some reason or another I got your back right they have to get through me first in order to get to you and so I so I know that because I've I've actually experienced it a few times where I can go oh yeah that he got my back then exactly or if or if I've or and this is where the mutuality thing comes in if I if I've had an experience where it felt like you let me down as my manager and you didn't have my back if I can have a conversation with you quietly go look I think you I didn't feel like you had my back and you can listen to that and not be offended by it and take that feedback on board that's a good thing too because it demonstrates to me that you want to be on my side and you're open to hearing those moments when you aren't on my side. So that's the thing I was talking about, mutuality and being aware of the power and difference, that you can shut your mouth for a minute while I say, actually, you didn't have my back last week, that time. And you can go, yeah, no, fair fair point. That, that already uh, requires a certain level of commitment from both ends, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you have to have the... Uh, the freedom to say that you have to have the courage yeah. to say that, um, and um, you have to know that the other person is going to listen to that, and not. I mean, if you, if you if you come up to somebody to your manager, and you say, "Dude, I mean, what happened last week in that meeting is you totally burned me," yeah, and. Um, you have to know that 
this might lead to a good conversation about that. But what, so yeah. I wasn't aware that I did that or whatever. Uh, if you if the response is going to be yes, so what? I'm going to do it again next time. Then you know what time it is, right? I mean, I'm see, I think when you talked about managers being in the role of the controller, I think that's a completely different universe where you're allowed to have those sorts of conversations. You know, I think of universe, old universe, the old way of working, which, which, which where the assumption is managers control people, managers can control people, and managers should control people, and people are predictable and controllable. Universe 2, which is the one we're trying to reimagine, mm. is you can't control people. Managers shouldn't think that they control people. People are not controllable, and people are not predictable. And that's the mind, the mind shift, I think, the thinking, yeah. cha the thinking change. Yeah. Any manager who might be listening to this, just stop for a moment. Do you approach your workplace and the people that work for you, work under you, whatever phrase you like, do you approach those relationships as if you can control and should control those people and the work? Or do you approach it as if it's the people are uncontrollable, I shouldn't be trying to do that, I should be having relationships with them and having conversations with them? And stewarding, you know, helping them to get on with their work and stewarding the work. Entirely different sets of thinking, I think. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's not a um, tremendously uh, big leap, I think. Mm. I mean, it's, it is all it really is, is just a different point of view. Yeah. And it's just a matter of, of turning around um, whatever um, old school um, notion uh, the person has or the way that he believes that this is how I do my job. This is how I'm supposed to yeah. do my job and just simply doesn't know any better um, because nobody's ever told him. Right, so he right. basically just behaves like his manager behaves, and it's and, their modeling. That's right. Yeah, yeah, and that and and that's just the way it is, and and nobody challenges that, and nobody tries to change that, and uh, and it just perpetuates itself, and that's yeah. it, and everybody is just resigned to it, mm. and that's it. So that's what we do all day, and it it only takes. I don't know. Um, um, it, it could be as less as somebody just mentioning it. Um, like, well, maybe we can do it a different way. What if, you know, you trust me a little bit more. What if I do this and you don't, you micromanage me, but I will deliver this. Let me handle it. And yeah, tr trust me, believe, believe in me. Believe that, yeah. you know, if you want, if you want someone just... To do exactly what you tell them and how to do it, then get a robot. Yeah, exactly. Or, yeah. or, or get someone get someone who who has who, who doesn't want to bring their full self to work and is happy to take um, twenty five percent less pay. Just get get a monkey to do it. Or, you know, if or if you want me to do my work, let's have conversations about some of the parameters of how I do my work and then get out of my way mm. and be available for me. Mm. You know, be a resource. Be um, be a be oh, a person who might connect me with other people, or be a buffer, me, right? Be my be a buffer. Be a, yeah. I mean, even be a protector. I mean, that that's that's what you uh, that's what you need as an employee. I mean, uh, people can always say you don't need whatever, but I think you do. I, I think you need 
Um, and obviously, I mean, if you, if you you get that through uh, the levels where I mean that kind of behavior, then the manager above your manager would be more open and more trusty and uh, you know and more respectful and all those kind of things. Uh, also, right in a in a perfect uh, <laughs> well, I think uh, harmonious I think environment. That's what I intend when I use the word steward. It's quite a broad term, but it's part of it's about being the protector. You know, with other with other senior managers, will you be the one that that goes into bat for for me and my team work mm. that, that that goes on here? Will you be stewarding the work and saying this is about the work? This is about what we're trying to achieve here. Um, you know, be the protector for our efforts and and speak up for us and um, not you know not blindly defend us, but but yeah, be the be the protector for us and our work. I think yeah, is part exactly, of it. exactly. Yeah, I mean, sometimes things go wrong, and sometimes you make a mistake, and um, you know, shit happens. And, yeah. But you shouldn't be um, annihilated every every time something like that happens. And exactly, exactly. And and unfortunately, in a lot of companies, this is still the default reaction. Uh, yeah. knee-jerk reaction uh, when yeah. somebody something goes wrong the first thing they do is find somebody to blame mm -hmm. and uh, as long as it's not them and even yeah. if it is them it doesn't really matter it I mean we no, it's not me it's mm. you know. and um, and obviously I mean it, it it shows a great deal of the value of culture within companies where everybody would push away responsibility as quickly as possible because they know as soon as they do uh, they're going to get all of it and something will go wrong at some point and then they're going to get the fall also, the fallout, mm -hmm. right? So, mm -hmm. and, um, so it's, it's a cultural thing, right? I mean, it's, it's something that a company needs to be so open-minded in order to welcome that that different point of view, and um, even if they do, it doesn't mean that it actually happens, right? I mean, I can send an email within my company to my manager saying, "Guys, uh, we have to uh, set clear boundaries, uh, clarifying limits of authority and accountability." Uh, managing the team dynamics, show trust and believe, you know, be available to your employees, and I'm going through your list, I know that. Uh, communicate respectfully <laughs> and uh, coach people to learn from mistakes, you know, and I can send out the memo, but the odds of that actually happening within the company is not. It's, it's, yeah. not, it's not happening. I mean, managers, maybe there's one manager that reads it and goes like, huh, yeah. Okay, sure. Yeah, well, you see, I think some of that stuff, you know, like again, I, I'm aware of wider, wider things at play. Like there's a, there's a, there's a wider organization, and there are systems and processes and policies and procedures and things that will say this is not how we do it. And culture is really important in that as well. A lot of culture is unknown. That notwithstanding, I think there's some things that managers can do to mitigate some of those systemic effects, the cultural effects. It's not about eliminating them, but saying, yes, I know that we have these boundaries from the, the wider organization. There are things we're not allowed to do. But I think with the manager who goes, 
I don't want to be the one that people blame for getting in the way of work or making work not happen. I don't want to be one of those managers that has a reputation of, you know, spending all my days just doing things that get in the way of people working. There's a system at play. There's a culture here. But I'm interested because I've got a managerial role in making a little bit of difference within my sphere of influence. And it comes back to what Anne-Marie was saying, like, yes, it's not easy, but oh, it's, it's doable. You know, if we do That's nothing, true. we get nothing. If we do true. nothing, you get nothing. If you do something, you might get some, some positive changes. And it takes a while, like, you know, I, was it Gary Hamill, I think he said, we're all prisoners of the familiar, which I think is true. You know, like it's managers and people who go to work to do the work who are prisoners of this mentality of the manager is the boss, the bad guy, the disciplinarian, the one who's going to slap my wrist when I do something wrong, um, the one who's going to micromanage and make sure that it's all about efficiency and doing my work. We're all prisoners to that mindset, I think. Sure. We, so all even ex- if manager, we have certain expectations, and, and in general, those expectations are met, so we keep having and I, them. And, and I met that in, in when, I've, when I've had managerial roles in the past where people would relate to me in a way which would clash with my picture of how <coughs> I wished things would be and it took me a while to realize that people had an expectation of me because I had this title manager and some of what I did was not witnessed or fell on deaf ears because people had no expectation of me being somebody who wanted to listen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, so we're all prisoners of that. So, mm. you know, if a manager is trying to make some difference and behave in a way which is more humane and more inclusive and wants to let people free so they can do the problem solving themselves. And so, you know, I, I used to I used to say as a as a sort of a broad kind of thumbnail thing, a rule of thumb thing, a manager should be there to make sure people have got the resources they need to do their job. They should make sure that they've got the information they need to do their job. They should make sure that there are lines of communication between the relationships that they need in order to do their job, you know, to smooth out some of those team dynamics. And then get out of the way. Because if people have got the resources, the information, the relationships, broadly, I'm speaking, then they can do their work. And, you know, there were a few managers that I can remember doing some work with where that was a revelation and it was a relief that they had so much that they they could stop doing. They could they could stop cracking the whip over their people. They could stop having endless meetings to check up if people had done their work. If they got out of the way and made sure that they had everything they needed and that they were, you know, competently hired and Yeah, like sure. That. And and then you can judge them on the end result, right? I mean Yeah. And it only is it's only um you would know with the first uh, project if the person is... You already are capable, if you are uh, have a decent manager, to, to gauge whether or not somebody is competent enough to uh, to do the job that you're asking him to do. Or yeah. her, obviously. And, um, I mean, obviously it's the responsibility of the manager to delegate certain tasks from which you know that the person is capable of doing it. Uh, the person itself himself doesn't necessarily know whether or not they're capable. I mean, they maybe have to step out of their comfort zone or whatever. 
but that is something as a manager you would want to facilitate. Yeah. You know, give them the room to grow and, and, and provide them with all the, like you said, with all the tools that they need in order to do their job. I mean, yeah. if you work in a garage and, and, and you're only getting, you know, a wrench and a spanner and, and you go like fix a modern car with computers and all that stuff in them, it's not going to work. And then you can yell at them for, why haven't you fixed that car yet? I told you to fix the car. And you go like, well, dude, seriously, I, I need a computer. I need tools. I yeah, need I'm missing some resources. And it's an interesting thing. The number of the, the, the things I would hear back when I'd have managers describe their situation, oh, and they're constantly at me because they need these tools and they need this information. And then it's like, and then I would just sort of say, and so if they need that information to do their job well, um, explain how that's not okay. Yeah, exactly. Like, how is that oh, a problem for you? Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> and so if they think that if if they're not doing optimal work because they haven't got the the best tools for the job, how is that a, how is that a bad thing? Mm. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then they can put their efforts into making sure that they got the tools and the resources and the information and whatever they needed. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm. It's it's. I mean, because th- th- it's funny. I mean, when you when you when you talk about it, like we're, we're talking, we've been talking about it now for thirty minutes or whatever, and you go like, it's not that complicated, right? Once you once you get down to it, I mean, it's it's not. You don't need to be a rocket surgeon to be able to do that. I mean, it's not it's not that complicated. In fact, <laughs> and this is like once you see it, you know, and once you know it, yeah, sure. But there it is go, pretty yeah. obvious, right? It's it's not it's not as 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 complicated as as people make it out to be, right? I mean, the the change that we're looking for is is it's not. Uh, I mean, there's some, I, and you're absolutely right. I'm just thinking some of it. So it seems common sense in hindsight. You think, oh, well, that seems really simple and obvious, you know. Like one of the questions that a manager managers kind of repeat in various formats so how how do i motivate my staff you know we know engagement is low in workplaces getting lower how do we you know, how can i engage my staff or how can i motivate my staff you turn the question around just slightly and say how do i need to be so that i stop demotivating my staff <laughs> yeah exactly and realize that maybe there's something that you're doing or not doing that's demotivating mm-hmm. just that simple change you know if 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 managers sort of looked at their day and went, what is it I'm doing that might be demotivating to people mm. if I put myself in their shoes? Those little realizations, I think, make big differences in how people sure. and how managers relate to people. Yeah, just experience it from or just look at it from uh, a different perspective. Because I think a lot of the way that, the, that a manager relates to people, and this, is about, this isn't about so much of what they do or don't do, but how they are with, with, with people, I think a lot of the how they are with people sets the conditions for what gets done you know it's like if if you you know we've talked before we've used a gardening metaphor about having all the right conditions in place if you want things to grow well you know if i salt the earth and i do everything else right well nothing's going to grow because the earth is salted things don't Mm -hmm. grow in earth that's been salted if i'm salting the earth in my workplace in some even what might seem an insignificant but but toxic enough way that communicates 
you, you know, I will, I will come down on you like a ton of bricks. Yeah. If you salt the earth, then there ain't nothing you can do to motivate people. No. You need to stop salting the earth, stop demotivating people, no, I sure. think. Yeah. yeah. And it's more than just what you believe or what you say. You know, it's like you were saying before, I want you to trust me. Well, great. But like politicians, I want you to trust me while doing things that are untrustworthy. I want, I want you to know that I back you and I believe you. And then you go in a meeting and you do quite the opposite. You know, that, your actions speak much louder than the words, I think. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's not just something that um, uh, is, is a manage, manager problem, right? I mean, that's, that's yeah. something that um, uh, society as a whole... Um, uh, got you know difficulty with yeah right we we want certain levels and we we um, you know we claim to be intelligent and um, you know aware and all those kind of things and and yet we don't deal with situations that need to be dealt with mm. and uh, we let you know thousands of people drown in the Mediterranean. Exactly. Just because we don't want to make a decision that seems to be unpopular. Exactly. You know, and, oh. and sure, that's, that's going back to, to, uh, to, um, to politics again. But, <laughs> well, you got to admit that they are a great source of uh, how not to uh, deal with things. But, I mean, it's the attitude that... that we come to expect from managers it's not something that is just there right i mean it's just it's it's kind of everywhere you know people expect a certain um uh a certain reaction or a certain attitude from a car salesman for instance and that's uh, right they expect a certain attitude from somebody who's who's on the market with fish um, and they're completely different attitudes that you expect from people. And as soon as you meet somebody who doesn't meet the criteria that you have your, in your expectations, they're going to surprise you. They're going to throw you off guard. If you meet a sales car salesman that's completely honest to you about the product that he's selling, you're going to be mm -hmm. like, well, he's lying. He's got to be lying. He's, he's, that's right. I mean, that, that's what he does. He's lying. It can't be that that car is going to be that worth and that he's going to make that kind of money on it or whatever. It's He must be lying because that's our expectation. That's and right. we have that with everybody because, you know, um, <laughs> our TVs are very good at um, 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 indoctrinating. I don't know if that's exactly. in, in, in exactly. English word, but exactly, uh, yeah. You know, profiling certain people um, into, uh, or you know, even uh, you know, <laughs> you talk about the expectation that you have from a certain race of people, or mm -hmm. a certain color of people, or whatever headwear they're wearing. I mean, mm -hmm. it's happening all the time, and we're being conditioned to to have certain expectations and certain beliefs of people that most of the time, are quite inaccurate. So maybe when we have future conversations, we need to lay off managers a little bit. I think so, yeah, because <laughs> you know, know, they're, think, they're part of society, weird. right? And they can't help uh, being pushed into that, that role. I mean, as soon as you become part of that, 
people expect you to be a douche, right? A twat. Yeah, well, it's an interesting. That's a very interesting point. Absolutely, absolutely. And we, but we're guilty of that too. In conversations we've we had, we kind of you know we dump things on managers, and oh, it's the manager's fault. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we we need to we need to be a little bit um, aware of that ourselves. You know, I was, when you said that, I was thinking back to when I. In my very first sort of professional job after university, I was a teacher. And I hated the term because I had experiences of teachers and people I was working with yeah. had experiences of teachers. And I hated calling myself a teacher because it conjures up so much for people. Mm. And I was at pains to find another way to describe myself. Mm. And <laughs> Did you figure and then, it out? No, well, I've come back to well, I'm 50 and I'm okay with the word now, you know. Okay, good. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I was at pains also to give a disclaimer I'm a teacher, but I don't do da 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 da. It was mm-hmm. like I had to give this long extended speech about and what all, all you need to do is just be a teacher and then just do literally do what it is that you want to do, you know, and especially with children. Yeah. I mean, sure, they have certain expectation of a teacher, but if you break that expectation in the first, maybe even the first 10 minutes or the first 15 minutes, mm. I mean, that's going to change everything. Right? Well, I was, working, I was working with adults, and for me, the biggest, <laughs> the biggest, the biggest oh, okay. success was for me when I could see that something had happened for people where they had reignited their love of learning. And it had nothing to do with what I was the content of what I was purporting to teach. But when people had an experience of being in a learning context and it didn't didn't feel painful, if I perceived that they had got that, I thought, well, that's that's the most that I think I can do. And then once people have re- reignited that love for learning, that's inherent, I think, in all of us. Sure. Then they were they were off. They were learning everything that they wanted to learn, and it had nothing to do with. You know, learning, I think, has little to do with teaching. But if an experience that I provided said, oh, maybe learning is not so painful, wonderful. Mm. I was happy with that. Mm. So maybe if a manager sees a success as if people leave their work or they move on somewhere else and get promoted, or if a manager leaves, if they leave behind in their wake people looking at the role of managers as not, they're not a drag, you know, they want a jerk. Yeah, maybe, all manage, maybe all managers aren't jerks. Maybe that would be a, an indicator of success. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think uh, uh, with, with that attitude, I mean, I think loyalty, for instance, is a very powerful indicator uh, of um, uh, success mm-hmm. for a manager. Absolutely. Um, well, that's basically it. <laughs> I, I mean, that's, that's, that speaks volumes, absolutely. You know, if, if people are um, you know, they're disappointed that the manager is leaving, if they feel a little bit worried about who the future manager is, not because they feel personally dependent, but they feel that they've been able to flourish at work because of what the manager has done or not done. Yeah. That's a really that's a really good indicator. I yeah. think. I I know. I remember. I was. Uh, I had a manager. I was part of a business unit, which, you know, numbers, 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 and uh, the manager that I had was a dick, incompetent. 
he wasn't necessarily a bad dude. He just sure. He just he just wasn't a manager. Period. They were the ones. They were the ones that were promoted to the level of incompetence. Yeah. And um, I got ill, and but the job that I the the project that I was working on, I got sent from business unit A, but it was managed by business unit B. So I actually got a different day to day, or not not at work. I mean, it's it's all. Uh, complicated stuff or not complicated but so I had a different manager from headquarters uh, managing that particular role not me sure. but that role that I was in so yeah. I had to deal with him and he turned out to be uh, so much more um, competent uh, using that word mm. um, honest uh, open uh, available you know all those kind of things mm. that I actually uh, put in a request to change business units. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, turned out that was like very difficult to do because you know you have got like these mainstream and you've got specialized business units, and you can go from mainstream, uh, which is like a uh, um, an industry, mm. hey, banking, insurance, or uh, whatever. And to a specialist business unit, that can happen. But back, well, that is just not done. And I go like, well, okay, it's exactly the same administrative task, but, mm. you know, those kind of things. But so eventually they did let me go. And um, so if you talk about loyalty, that, that was a, uh, a good example of being uh, loyal to a, a specific manager a specific person i was m so much more comfortable with him than i was with the other one that i actually but what was want. it what was it about him that meant that you were that you were loyal to the extent of wanting to change your reporting lines and things well like i said it was honesty i think that that, mm. that was a, a big i it, it, it okay in short there was a moment where they were uh recalculating uh, salaries Mm -hmm. and they had a the word was like yeah we only have a certain percentage of people that we can actually um, service with that mm -hmm. and um, so but we have to be you know very restrained with doing that but there are a few people that we can blah blah blah, blah. you're not one of them so F you mm -hmm. uh, so you're not getting a raise Again. And um, <laughs> that, that is what I was told, right? By the uh, head management uh, or head man or top manager, or whatever, of that business unit. So mm -hmm. above that, you get to the, to the C level. So you don't question it. Mm. And um, so I was talking to the other dude, and uh, he's, he's about my age. He's even a little bit younger, I think. And um, we're still connected on Facebook, right? Yeah. So that's like, mm. um, uh, I don't know, six, seven years. Um, and so I was talking to him about that. And I was telling him, yeah, well, you know, there was like this this great recalibration of salary. Yeah, yeah, I remember. This is, so yeah, well, that's something that I didn't get, obviously. And what do you mean? He didn't get, well, there was no, no room. 
they said that they they were very restrained and and they couldn't do that with everybody is like seriously i mean top management said as many people as possibly as, as many people as possible mm. uh, need to be recalculated and and brought up to a certain level mm. and blah, blah 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 and obviously for you know, budgetary reasons, you know, they could say, well, you know, figured everything out, but this is still our budget, so we're still good, we're making money, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. And everything turned out for them pretty well, but I didn't get anything. And they just lied to me. Uh -huh. You know, it's not about whether or not they actually gave me anything or whatever. It's not about the money. It's, it's, about, it's about the, the deception. Yeah. Exactly. They lied to my face about it. They said management wants us to be... Um, um, careful with the amount of allocation mm -hmm. that we do with this and so you're not getting it and there are plenty others that don't get it but you know I'm sorry but this is the way it is turned out it was the opposite was mm. true they wanted as many employees uh, recalculated recalibrated mm -hmm. or having a raise so they could you know because and so they lied you know and I mean, I don't really mind being, you know, if it happens that you that that there's just no room, but blah 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 blah. But they lied, so and that for me meant that they lied about a lot of other things. That's right. Yeah. And uh, about all the other times that I asked, like, so what about a raise? You know, no, that's not going to happen. We can't. Blah 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 blah. Oh sure. So. The amount of money, effectively, that I've lost or not earned because of that, mm. is potentially huge, you know. And but the, but this one this one manager went against, he mitigated for that. Well, you know, he he just told me the truth. Yeah, and that's all I want, you know. That's that's all I wanted. I mean, even if the truth is not that good, or uh, a negative, or you know, I'm doing something that's not good or you know it's me or whatever um there's no point of lying you know there's 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 nothing to be gained by it mm. and so if you have a manager that just tells you the truth mm. that's worth so much mm. that i was willing to change a business unit like almost instantly because you know this was a guy that you know if i asked him a question i would get an honest answer. So even if even if the honest answer had been, this is why you're not getting a rise, you'd know that it was honest. Exactly. Or, you know, and, and in future, you know, he would be honest even if it was uncomfortable honest. Yeah. The thing is the honesty. And I think that's one of the yeah. things that, that generates that loyalty you're talking yeah. about, isn't it? I mean, I can think of a manager that I would have followed to another place. Uh, I actually left this workplace um, a couple of years before he did. And, and sort of went on to other things, but had I been sort of fully fully immersed in the work, and he moved on to another organization, I would have done the same. Because mm -hmm. when it wasn't about, it wasn't loyalty to him per se. Like he wasn't somebody that I was um, enthralled to. He wasn't somebody who I had this sort of dependency on. He was absolutely a hands off, let people get on with their work type of manager. But because of the conditions he created, I would have followed him because I would have known that any place that he was running and managing would 
be characterized by that same those same conditions of trust, honesty, openness, uh, autonomy, uh, good teamwork, all that sort of stuff. So I, I think that's um, a real. I mean, he 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 he's left many legacies of that sort of thing behind, and is genuinely regarded as somebody that you want to work with. And that's what it feels like. You're working with him rather than for him or under him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, I mean, the atmosphere that you create on a department, if you're um, uh, managing in, in that particular way, I mean, the amount of um, um, stuff that you get back is just incalculable. Yeah. I mean, you don't even know up front how it's going to end up. And, you know, you got, if you need somebody to work in the weekends, it's not a problem. If you need mm. them to work in the evenings, it's not a problem. If they mm. figure out there is a problem somewhere in the system, they'll come to you with that or they try to fix it and then tell you we fixed it. Or if we can, then they'll come to you and they say, look, dude, we need to fix this. And because if it, doesn't get fixed then we it gets out of hand or if somebody made a mistake said your manager i'm sorry but i made a mistake and these are these are the consequences and i've thought about it and we can you know rectify it or i need your help in order to blah 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 yeah blah. yeah that's right you know yeah. that's the that's what you want from your employees you don't want them to distrust you you know when you walk into the room that everybody shuts up i mean i think that as a manager that would be like the worst thing Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when you ask somebody a question, you get, you know, exactly the answer that you that you hoped for because that you, know, you hoped for. Then, then you, then for me, I would worry. I think, okay, something's not right because they're feeding me these answers. Yeah, exactly. You can test that by asking different questions, you know, and see what kind of response you get. And you know, somebody. I mean, one, uh, of, one of one of my favorite expressions around leadership management is the strongest measure of your leadership is what is created under your watch. And what is created is not just number of things produced and money made, beans counted, but is what what is left in your wake in terms of relationships with people and um, performance that's based on satisfaction and people being effective and um, you know being feeling a sense of achievement. That because the that, responsibility goes goes way beyond just uh making sure that the work gets done absolutely I mean, your responsibility is improving the way people can do their jobs significantly and absolutely if you do that you improve that quality of life significantly and if you do that well you know all sorts of things happen all sorts of ripples and happen. Uh, so yeah the responsibility is pretty and if you do but you know the point is if if you turn that around the other way, you make people's life as miserable as you possibly can mm-hmm. by being you know a douchebag and a, and just an all round old school bad manager. I mean, that is what people will take home. You know, they come home yeah. and they complain, and the first thing they need to do is get it off their chest. I mean, there's nothing worse than having a spouse come home every day and just. Uh, Tell the horror stories of of the of, of management and and the way a company is yeah. behaving. I mean, if you if you are able to turn that around, you know, having a spouse come home and tell oh, this that yeah we had a problem but it got fixed like this and this and that or you know we yeah. had a challenge and we got through it and you know the whole yeah. team and blah 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 and 
I made a mistake, but my manager, you know, you know, he got my back, and you know, it was a good thing, and it was a yeah. tough day, but you know, we got through it. You know, there's so such a huge difference in in attitude and in, in the way people live their lives if if you have that turned around. I mean, That's it's right. just well, huge. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's it. That's on that note. I think we're kind of winding up with our time. That's a really on good that note bombshell. On that bombshell, that's a good bombshell to finish on in terms yeah. of the ripples that that managers create by their actions and their non-actions are has, significant. Has has more more of an impact than you know how many bits and pieces of things get produced and how much money comes in. It's absolutely bigger than that. Bigger absolutely. than that. It's very significant. It can be very significant, let me put it that way. Well, like you say, you know, whether they acknowledge it or not, if, if they're creating a kind of environment where people are coming home to their spouses and telling horror stories about what's happened and how stressed or depressed they feel, well, imagine leaving that behind. This is what I created for other human beings in That's my your life. legacy. That's your legacy. Whoop-de-doo. Whoop-de-doo. You know yeah. that 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 bears some examination. Yeah, try explain that at the gate. You know, and and, and, <laughs> yeah. and, and try to deal with that karma. I mean, yeah, and 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 the old excuse of well, it's it's just the culture doesn't wash with me anymore. It has some impact. It absolutely there's does. there's this thing that I mean, I'm just making up the word exactly right now. I mean, but there's this thing called microculture, right? I mean, sure mm -hmm. you have the culture of the company, but then you have the culture that you create absolutely. around you. And I mean, yeah, I mean, Absolutely. the moon is only that big, but it has a huge effect on the earth. Absolutely. You know, and, 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 a, uh, and a lot of it is unknown and unseen, but exactly, it's there. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So for now, I think we leave this conversation. Yes. And uh, for our listeners, please go to rwcast.com and there you can subscribe with your email and, uh, other forms too, but never miss an episode that way. Until next time, goodbye. <laughs>